You're about to listen to a We Are LA Tech remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hi, this is Cole Mora with LATech.org. I'm an advisor who focuses on startup strategy and growth in the area. We are the hub of public-private interaction in the Los Angeles tech ecosystem. I'm based in Hermosa Beach. I was at a consulting firm, like I mentioned, doing a lot of IT and enterprise technology consulting. Interesting in some ways, but I didn't really feel like it was the, the calling per se. And then in March of 2020, the wheels kind of fell off for all of us and COVID was here. And I just felt kind of helpless, like, ah, man, this is tough. A lot of people are suffering. I was seeing newscast after newscast about the shortage of masks in hospitals. And so I was kind of thinking, maybe there's something to be done about this. Was able to kind of pull together this ragtag group of founders and entrepreneurs and VCs across the LA region. We called it SoCal Tech for SoCal Hospitals. We partnered with a local nonprofit called the Count on Me Family Foundation, which, spoiler alert, my, my mother actually runs. She's been running it for about 15 years. And we started putting the word out, taking donations. And, and in about a month, we were able to raise $200,000 and put 80,000 KN95 masks directly into the hands of doctors and nurses on the front lines across LA. And honestly, for me, just working with that group, I felt the spark that I hadn't felt in a while for work and thought, these could be my people. That was the catalyst for me. Of, of I should get more involved in this industry, in this, in this world, you know? What I love about what you had shared with me before we started recording was how much you champion. I felt like how you talked, you just champion people like you you just make sure that everyone gets elevated together. You're not looking at a certain sector of people. You're just like, how do I make sure like everybody's getting noticed in the community? So I would love to talk more about your community work. But before that, I think it's cool how we connected. We're both part of this private podcast world. There's this podcast called Acquired. I'm not as involved as you are. So if you could tell us a little bit about the Acquired podcast, I just think it's cool. And I like the guys and I I contribute to the private podcast. And then there's these like random Zoom meetings that I don't even know when they happen, but I met you on one of them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was pretty serendipitous, right? I mean, I'm relatively new to that community as well. So with that catalyst moment last year of in the midst of you know, some real challenges, there were some silver linings. And I was like, let's make the most of those, right? And I started learning more about all these different communities around entrepreneurship and startups and venture. And Acquired was one of them. I didn't really know what it was, but it said like, be an LP. And I was like, I don't really know, first of all, what that means. And second of all, <laughs> how that works for this, right? Yes, and totally. yeah, exactly, right? I joined a call and it turned out to be just like 75 humans in a Zoom room talking about interesting technology stuff. That wasn't the same call I was on, or was that your first call? So the one that we met on was my yeah. second call. So okay. I had been on one prior. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't know much about it, but you guys, if you want to check it out and we'll include it in the show notes, it's acquired.fm, if I'm not mistaken. It's not LA, but it's pretty cool. Like it's just something random, but yeah. quality to be it's yeah. random and quality. And you know what's cool about it is that it's filled with very passionate people. Mm-hmm. They go on for hours, like they, they have an hour long for the LP calls and they tend yeah. to run two or three hours because people just want to keep talking about interesting tech stuff, you know? Yeah. This is Rachel King. I'm the CEO and founder of Pod People. We're the on-demand workforce for audio production. I am based in the Fairfax district. So we have a team of 10 right now on like the core team, obviously, plus 100 freelancers that we use on all the different projects. And they're incredible. I've gotten so lucky over the past few months, we've had a lot of shifts on the team to where and and hires where we've ended up in a place where I feel so confident about the leaders of each division and the teams they've built and our super clear vision about where we want to go. I mean, we want to be a super profitable company that loves what we do, is a really best-in-class solution for clients that is constantly getting people work and providing a community for freelancers because, you know, any industry that's freelance-based can be really lonely. And yeah, obviously there is a potential exit where we are acquired or have a strategic investment, especially from one of the big players in audio, but, you know, any media company or agency who really wanted to make a big splash and sort of put their foot into audio world in a big way, you know, could make sense for them to team up with us. So that's definitely a possibility. But this year is our building year. I mean, we want to triple our revenue and all that good stuff. But I think this year is definitely a building year. We are building, you know, new dashboards for the client side and the creator side and internal database that will eventually have an AI powered algorithm of how we do the matching for each job. Yeah. So we got plans. We got things we need to do. And then maybe next year it would make sense to start to look at, you know, larger partners for a bigger vision. And what are some of the things that you've done while growing your company that have really worked? You're like, oh, and then you're like, let's do more of that. Because there's, I mean, I think the thing that we don't, like, we don't want to see as a culture of entrepreneurial people is that the majority of things that we do will not work. (laughs) And unfortunately, that is the truth. And it's a very painful truth, but it is the truth. So what are some of the key things that you've done that really worked that you scaled up? Hiring the right person for the job sooner than you need them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it was such a stretch when I brought my head of production on a couple years ago and and made her like full time sooner than I was ready to. But it was the right move, especially with the kinds of clients that we were working with out of the gate, you know, the Samsungs and Twitters and Netflixes of the world. Like we had to be super professional and appear much bigger than we were at the time from the very beginning and paying someone for branding. And, you know, like it really does matter the face you put out into the world. And we're now like doing a whole website revamp, which I can't wait for. So it'll actually be a product flow to help you figure out what you need. But putting that first foot forward and making sure that we're presenting something that, you know, would work for best in class clients, I think saved us a lot of time. Whereas I see a lot of folks start out in the industry and they're not charging enough or they're working with really small clients and it takes them so much longer to build up. And so I think that, you know, getting the right team in place and making sure that your branding is on point from the very beginning is really, really important. Hi, 
Hi, my name is Michelle Penzak, and I'm the CEO of Squared Away, and we are a remote executive assistant company composed mostly of military spouses, and we are based in San Diego, California. You know, at first I was kind of shocked, and then I took it extremely personally because, you know, here I was, you know, somebody who was very individualistic and type A, and you're telling me that I'm going to be judged on my spouse's career. I, I didn't think it was fair. So I started working for Zertual in 2013 and worked for them, made it to a manager role. And this is where my story starts to sound like a really bad country song. I um, actually used to <laughs> hire from virtual, uh, virtual, so I, I know what's about to come. <laughs> uh, my husband, Sean, had deployed about two weeks before, and I was three months pregnant with our first little boy. And I woke up that Monday morning with no job, and uh, I was quite honestly, a hot hormonal mess that day. I couldn't reach my husband who was deployed. And I had a team of 13 people asking me what to do because their livelihoods were also up in the air. So at that point in time, um, one of my clients kind of took his chance on me, came with me, and I started working independently and worked and built my own business for myself and worked until they were putting the epidural in my back for my little boy. My husband likes to joke that I was sitting up my out-of-office email when Sawyer was coming out. But I took two weeks off, continued to work. And two months after that, we received orders to Hawaii. Wow. And by the way, only two weeks <laughs> off. Also, FYI, I also hired my virtual assistant. <laughs> so I know I that. And she worked with it. me for years. It's amazing. Yeah, yes. she's my project manager. Oh but, my gosh. but two weeks, that seems so short. It was. I, I mean, your it, body is like butchered. <laughs> my body was butchered, but... As much as I had poured my heart and soul into maintaining my client relationships and my clients were great. They were like, you know, take as much time as you need, but I didn't want to fail them. And I was at home with a baby who was sleeping like 18 hours a day. So I was like, right. well, I can't sit here and total my thumbs. That's just not me. Right. So I needed something to do. So I worked and we got orders to Hawaii and I wouldn't even talk to my husband about it for two weeks. I was like, no, don't talk to me. Like, I can't talk about moving to Hawaii from North Carolina right now. Right. And finally, I told him, I was like, he goes, well, what are you going to do about your business? And I was like, well, I guess we're traveling six time zones. That's what's going to happen. And I didn't want everything that I'd worked for and hustled for, to be honest to get lost because of time zones. Right. Like, I was like, I'm not going to get lost because of a clock. Like, it's right. not going to happen. I told my clients I was going to take a week off to move. Took a week off to move. I didn't tell them where because I didn't want to spook them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, moved to Hawaii and I started getting up at 3 a.m., which was challenging. When My mouth is dropped open, <laughs> you guys. This is crazy. It was it was incredibly challenging, but oddly enough, it actually worked out really well. We had a nine-month-old at that point, and I essentially worked from 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. Hawaii time, and then I had all afternoon. 
The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production.